You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your host, Micah from Fifth Quarter, and we've got Nick as well joining us once again. We've deep-dived a couple teams already in the conference with Boston College, Clemson, and Duke. We've been pretty much on the same page, minus Duke. This one's going to be probably one of my favorite ones to do, and it's the favorite one we're recording here on Sunday, August 8th, uh, which unfortunately is also a very sad day, in not just, the, not just in Florida State, but as well across the country as uh, legendary coach Bobby Bowden actually passed away today at the age of 91. Um, I actually, unfortunately, never got the chance to truly meet him, but I did get to attend a conference that he spoke at. And again, just some of the stuff he talked about. I mean, you know, it, it's always a, a testament to someone's character when people get emotional about you passing away and you've never even met the person. So, you know, obviously his family and everything like that, I wish him nothing but the best. Actually, for me, I was at one point looking to go to Akron and uh, his son, Terry Bowden, was actually the coach over there. And I've spoken with Terry many times. So, you know, again, that Bowden, Bowden family and legacy just runs deep. Um, you know, obviously, you know, my Florida State history in terms of attending games and really being a part of it is, you know, the Jimbo Fisher era. Jimbo Fisher era. But, you know, obviously, rest in peace to, to Bobby Bowden and all his family and friends, you know, obviously they're in our thoughts and prayers. And I saw a tweet today, it's kind of maybe brighten the mood that, you know, because of his impact, I don't know how how much you know, but he, he's always around, he was always around the program when Jimbo was there, even when he was gone. It's kind of like Frank Beamer at Virginia Tech. I mean, he's gone in terms of not, no longer the head coach. He's not, you know, he's not the one, you know, making the play calls on the sidelines, but he's still had an impact in that program. You know, there's, there's something to say about someone like that. So legendary passing away because you know, people are kind of talking about that. It's just going to be a special season for Florida state. Cause there's just going to be some extra, I don't know what you want to call it. I mean, if, if you're religious and you'll call it, you know, just an angel looking over you, whatever it might be, you know, that could play a role in the Florida state, but you know, obviously with Florida state, I'm high on them to a sense. I had them at six and six, which doesn't feel very high. But four and four in the conference, their out-of-conference schedule is just brutal. Honestly, their schedule in general is just pretty brutal. Going to North Carolina, going to Clemson, going to Florida, hosting Notre Dame week one, Jacksonville State. Again, you should beat Jacksonville State, but this is a Jacksonville State team that, A, played them a little bit closer than they should have last year, but also, two, it's an FCS playoff team. So, again, whenever you're playing an FCS playoff team, you should win, but it's not. I'm not. I'm never going to rule those over as a cakewalk. So I would argue Jacksonville State is just as tough as playing. To be completely yeah. honest with you. So there's something like you know for, to be said about that. So, you know, not not a pushover schedule. Uh, I did like the news that I've been hearing out of Tallahassee. It sounds like Mackenzie Milton is starting to pull away with the starting job and. I'm taking that as a positive as we're getting a Mackenzie Milton that might be close or to the same of what we saw at UCF. I, I'm actually a big fan of Jordan Travis. I think that he is a very solid piece. And in a sense, like if things go right at Florida State, I would be much as I love the Mackenzie Milton story. You know, I think it's smart for Florida State to develop Jordan Travis and get him some more game reps because from what we saw from him last year, I think that he has the potential to be something special especially if he can get some help from his offensive line. But I guess my question mark for Florida State is what Mackenzie Milton we're going to get, what we're going to get from quarterback play in general. But can they run the football? Last year, you know, Deshaun Corbin 
very solid piece, but you know, they finished 97th in the country in rushing. That's not what we expect from Florida State. I mean, they were just, they were 97 in rushing, 98 in passing, 105 in scoring, 107 total, negative three turnover margins, and tied for 88th in the country. The only thing they were really solid on last year was rush defense. That's about it. And rightfully so with some of the guys they had on that defensive front. So this is something to really keep an eye on because, you know, Florida State is, again, in a spot where I could see, you know, they, they have the talent. They're, they're still four-star guys. I mean, and I love Mike Norvell. I love what he did at Memphis. I think that he is just the right guy for Florida State. But how close are they really to being there? I mean, my, my assumption is that this quarterback play is going to be better than it was last year. This offense is going to be better than they were last year. And that this team is a ball team. That's, again, kind of a stretch. But I would argue that this is a team that you should not sleep on. I think this team might be better than the 2019 team that went 6-7 and seven and lost in the Sun Bowl. So I think I, this team might even be better than the 2017 team that I believe, yeah, won the Independence Bowl against Southern Miss. So, you know, this is a team that honestly might be the best team Florida State's had since that 2016 team where, you know, they were 10-3 and three and, and playing in an Orange Bowl. I agree with you. Uh, this is a very exciting year for Florida State. It's a step up this year. Um, and I think this team can potentially be a bowl team as well. Um, I think people are not talking about Mackenzie Milton enough. I am so excited for him to uh, get a chance to play again. And I think he's going to rock. And I think Mike Norvell is a damn good coach. And I think he's going to turn this program around. I'm predicting along with you that they should get six wins. And I mean, I think they will make that Notre Dame game week one in Tallahassee. Very interesting. I don't think Notre Dame is going to roll over them at all. I think this, I don't know what the spread is, but I'm going to take Florida state covering in that spread. I think Florida state is going to make a huge splash to start off the season. Um, Although, again, like you said, very tough schedule ahead of them. Uh, besides Notre Dame, Notre Dame their out-of-conference schedule seems still pretty hard along with Florida, but you got UMass and then you got Jacksonville State. I think they can easily win those. I think their four guaranteed wins for sure are Jacksonville State, probably Louisville, Syracuse, and UMass. And then you got to win two more games, just two more to uh, – go to a bowl game and if they can beat two teams out of or two games out of wake state boston college in miami and i think they're very capable of winning two games out of those four then they're sitting pretty six and six going to a bowl game and mackenzie milton looks good and mike norvell looks even better so i'm excited to see what florida state can do i'm not concerned at all with like how the recruits are going to show up or anything like that. They've always been very consistent with their recruiting class being always top three or four in the ACC, always being top 25 in the nation. So when it comes down to it, can Mike Norvell and Mackenzie Milton just turn a little corner and make this team a six and six team? I think they very much can. It's not impossible at all. You just got to see some great plays against Boston College, Miami, NC State, or Wake. Other than that, I mean, don't sleep on this team. I think they can definitely make a bowl game. 
Yeah, so that spread, by the way, is nine and a half right now in favor of Notre Dame. I don't actually really like that number. I definitely stay away from it. If it was ten and a half, I would be all over it. I'm literally on the same page as you. Yeah, like I thought it was going to be ten and a half. Yeah, touchdown and a field goal, and I bet you it was at ten and a half. I think it was somewhere at least in the double digits, and then I'm sure folks were like, well, this is in Tallahassee week one, Notre Dame, new quarterback, all that fun stuff. But yeah, this Florida State team offensively, again, step forward. Defensively, they need to take a step forward, especially in the secondary. Last year, they had some really solid pieces in the secondary. That was what was very frustrating. I mean, you had Asante Samuel Jr., who was a first-round draft pick, an incredible player. And, you know, I don't remember if he opted out at any point, but I know, like, you could just tell that these guys maybe just weren't as fully into it as they needed to be. I mean, when we saw we saw late, like, you know, how much do I genuinely believe Florida State was ducking opponents? I don't know how much of that is true. But, you know, again, it, it, it was definitely sketchy what happened, you know, with Florida State. You know, I'll never forget how ticked off I was last year. I was uh, – probably about an, two hours from leaving for the airport, actually, to go watch Virginia at Florida State last year when they called it. So it was 24 hours out, and not even. It was the morning of, I believe. I know the Clemson was the morning of. All I remember was I was about to board, and the worst part was I didn't even get a refund on my tickets because that game was made up when they picked up Duke instead. Now oh. frustrated because it's like it wouldn't give me credit. I had to then turn around and sell those tickets on StubHub for 10 bucks when I paid for it. And worse comes to worse, and it is what it is. But, you know, there was a lot of that talk last year with Florida State. And I think this year it's uh, – I don't think the fan base is expecting, again, a 9-3 and three season. But, I mean, if Florida State doesn't go 6-6 six and six, or is at least not a competitive 5-7, and seven, there's going to be some red flags around this team. I mean, I understand the COVID thing. But last year's year for Florida State was a bad one. Again, from the ducking opponents conversation, which again, how much of that true? I'm not sure. But the ducking opponents, the issues again with the locker room stuff, you know, with Marvin Wilson and the social injustice and the way, you know, Coach Norvell kind of just handled things where the players were had to go to him and go, this is not okay kind of situation. Again, things got corrected. I don't think there was too much you can take away from that, but Kind of like the Scott Satterfield thing. Like there was negative news coming out about Mike Novell and how things were being handled and how the program was being handled. Two years, you know, again, year one, I think it should count as a year zero for Mike Norvell. But if the team's again not even competitive in a four and eighteen, they're in trouble. And there's there is logic behind being a four and eighteen. They gotta go to Wake, they gotta go to Carolina, they go to go to Clemson, they gotta go to Boston College, they gotta go to Florida. Notre Dame, those are six games where I would say they're underdogs. Mm-hmm. That's six right there right off the bat. NC State at home. I could argue that NC State's a favorite. If not, it's only because Florida State's at home, so maybe it's a one- or two-point favorite in favor of Clemson. So you got a coin flip game there. You're probably the underdog at home against Miami. You know, that's eight coin flip or underdog games. For you. You're at home against Syracuse. You're home against Louisville. You're home against Jacksonville State. And you're home against UMass. I could see them going three and one in that stretch, losing to Louisville. There's 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 a potential for four and eight there, and that's again I don't think that's going to happen. But if that does happen, then there's some bad stuff happening in Tallahassee. So 
you know, in terms of talking about the defense, it should be fine on the front end. Again, they're always very solid in the pass rush and stopping the run. They're going to take a step back, though. How much of a step back? I don't necessarily know. But this is one of those teams where they have confidence in them. But, again, I don't. I think they're very similar to Georgia Tech in the sense of they're, I think they're going to be a better football team than their record shows. Yeah, I could see that happening. Uh, four and eight is very, very likely. Because, again, like we both said, the schedule is not not easy. They All the, you know, good teams are all – they're all coming to uh, Tallahassee, and then you got to play some 50-50 teams on the road. It's going to be very tough. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, do you think if they go four and eight, like, is Mike Norvell going to see the 2022 season? I think so. I mean, I think yeah. I would like to think that Florida State understands last year. Um, now, the only thing I could see is like if there's a that four and eight includes a ton of guys leaving for the portal, a lot of drama behind that. Maybe there's some conversation there, but from what I understand, and again, one of my favorite podcasts, Cover Three podcast, has Danny Canella on who played at Florida State, and you know he is very, very excited about what he sees with Coach Norvell from what he saw with Coach Taggart. So that's promising, in my opinion, because at least it shows you that, like, they feel he, the, the program itself and the boosters and the alumni, football and non-football, feel like things are headed in the right direction. Again, their strength of schedule is 14th, according to Phil Steele. I and mean, this is, again, not a cakewalk schedule, and there's still a lot of question marks and, you know, They've had their first year again. I, I think four and eight will start rumbling that. Where it's almost kind of like, maybe not like the Fuente thing, kind of like a Scott Frost thing in a sense. Like four and eight, you know, now you start talking about, well, like every single game just has a little bit more of a warmer seat every single time. Mm-hmm. In 2021, I'm assuming they'd be hosting, or 2022, excuse me, they'd be hosting Wake Forest because you know, they play them at Wake this year. They lose that game at home, then that could be the axe. You know, there's these, it just creates more pressure on some of these more what you would say winnable games or games a Florida State program in years past should never have had to worry about. So that's where I think that could create something. But again, I I, I don't see it. And again, I think this is a team that's going to end up in a bowl game. It might just be the, uh, you know, the, the Gasparilla Bowl or something like that. But mm-hmm. oh, I hate to say it for Florida State fans, but, you know, you might be content with that. I mean, Willie Tyrick was getting on the bowl game, so you might not be too thrilled about it, but considering everything and considering your schedule, that's what stinks for Florida State. Not that I would want, I don't want to see them go against some of these better teams, but I would have much rather them play similar to what their schedule was last year, or, you know, maybe get to that point where again, they have that one big out of conference game, but then you're hosting Northern Illinois and Sanford and, you know, you're, you're maybe getting some easier non-con games. And then, you know, you avoid the two best teams in the Coastal. And, you know, maybe you get a Virginia or you get a Georgia Tech again. I want to see where they, they line up there. I think, you know, if, if they play Georgia Tech again to start the season this year, I think they win that game. Mm-hmm. I don't really think they win that game regardless of when they play it this year. If you played in, in Atlanta, I'd still probably have Florida State winning that game. So, you know, again, I would love to see them play Duke as well, you know, just to kind of make sure that they're not at that – true basement because that's the problem is right now like their overall record had them six in the conference just because of that i mean they're six and six but i mean 
Like, now, again, if they struggle with Jacksonville State game, or let's say they, God forbid, they struggle with UMass off a of bye on homecoming, that's when they're, for me, those would be the real red flags, not losing to NC State at home or Miami at home or at Boston College or at Florida or at North Carolina or at Clinton. Like those games, like, I'm kind of expecting them to lose. Maybe I think they get one or two of those, but I'm not expecting something, you know, drastic from them. So at the end of the day, you know, it should be step forwards and everything out of Tallahassee is being pretty positive, of course, besides the unfortunate news today with Bobby Bowden. But, you know, I, I think this is just, I want to think that I'm not overhyping them because it's still six and six, but I, I'm still a part of the hype train, I guess you could say. The long yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm on the hype train on them, so to speak. I'm just more just like excited about like what they're going to do. I'm excited about like, are we going to see glimpses of seven years ago or eight years ago, whenever that national championship was? Um, And I think if they so happen to go four and eight this year, I don't necessarily think they're a basement dweller of the ACC. I still think they're way better than Syracuse, way better than Duke. Um, But then again, you see some glimpses of greatness in that four and eight. You keep a lot of these 50-50 games. Again, they are playing the Atlantic. So you never know what could happen this year with these teams. I don't think it's – I think it's – the seat gets warm, but it's definitely not like hot, hot. Like, like you said, I think the Scott Frost comparison is a great one. Uh, but when he, if he does go four and eight this year, it's like, okay, let's come on. You got to keep, keep this thing going. You got to get us to a bowl game. If not this year, then most definitely next year. And I would argue if they go four and eight this year and they're trying to contend for a bowl game, you have to have a winning record because six and six might be good, but if you lose that game in the bowl game, there is a little bit of improvement, but you're, you're Florida state. You expected to win those small games when you play a group of five team. So, but I'm excited. I can't wait to see Mackenzie Millen. I think he's going to be great. And I can't wait to see some of these matchups for sure. I just want, I just want Florida state, even though I'm an NC State fan, it's fun when the conference is competitive and your team is like, I'm expecting NC State to be pretty good this year. I would love to see the big teams be good. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I know for a fact, like, I would much rather enjoy Wake Forest beating Florida State, you know, with mm-hmm. the top 25 team and not yeah. beating, like, it almost stinks because it's like, you know, if you lose to Florida State, in history, that's okay for a Wake Forest fan. But if you do it with the Florida State teams we've had over the last few years, it kind of stinks. Like, I was on the sidelines for the Florida State versus Wake Forest game in 2018, where Florida State won 38-17. to 17. They were favored, but they had just lost a close game at Miami by one point the week before. I think they were. I remember correctly. Yeah, they were three and three going in the game. I think Wake was four and two. I mean, Florida State showed signs of life, but they weren't anything special. And remember when Wake Forest was pretty much dominated that game? Like it kind of stunk. Like it, it felt like it felt wrong. Like in a normal time, like I remember I watched Wake play Dalvin Cook's Florida State back in I think it was 2014 or 15. 
you know, and it was a pouring down cold rainy day in, in Winston-Salem and Wake played it close. I was very content with that. Like they lost by like 10, but again, it was a top 15 Florida state team where you're content with that, with being who you're a fan of, but losing those, you know, losing that game, you know, Wake Forest obviously didn't play them last year, but you know, when they beat them in 2019, like it didn't feel that special. Like <laughs> Wake Forest mm-hmm. spread. Like I would much rather it be a more sweeter upset. You know, I, it was one of my favorite things, you know, when Virginia beat them a few years ago in Charlottesville in 2019, Florida State was ranked 25th in the country. And I, sorry, no, Florida, sorry, no, Virginia was ranked 25th in the country. And folks stormed the field. You know, Virginia literally covered the seven-point spread specifically, like, perfectly. And, like, yeah, for Virginia beating Florida State, it's a big deal. It doesn't happen very often. It's kind of like when North Carolina did it a few years ago where, you know, the kicker's doing the chop as he's walking off the, or running you know, off the field after a walk-off field goal. But, like, it's – like it was in a national scale, it's kind of embarrassing for Virginia. If you're storming the field and you beat a team you were supposed to beat at home, you were the ranker, they weren't. And you look at like, I, I want those types again, those matches. And I went to the Florida State Clemson game a few years ago when it was Deshaun Watson versus uh, Francois. That was so much fun. Tallahassee was bumping. It was number three versus number 12, number 13. Like Florida State blew the lead late, but oh my goodness, that was so much fun. And like, I miss that. <laughs> I miss that a lot. So, you know, I always, I always love when people get like, oh, Florida State's atmosphere stinks. Yeah, because the team stinks. Now. Like Clemson's atmosphere wasn't great when they stunk. No one's team's atmosphere is great when the team stinks. Like Wake Forest's atmosphere is actually somewhat decent now, but a few years ago when they were three and nine every year, like you could walk up to the gate, buy a ticket and sit wherever you want. You could buy a seat on the hill and sit at the 50 yard line the entire game and no one would say a word to you, but I could go to the club level and no one would say a word to you. So, you know, I, in the end, I think we both, I think majority of ACC fans, minus those that maybe truly hate Florida state want to see Florida state rise. Yeah. Uh, people say, make the comparison that Florida state's the ACC's Texas. And I would argue it's not because, you know, from what I picked up from big 12 country, everybody wants Texas to fail. Like no one cares if Texas succeeds. And the mm-hmm. yeah, I guarantee no one's going to want Texas to succeed. We're like here, again, we don't want Florida State going back to winning national titles per se, but we want someone to push. We want, I, I want it to be that Florida State and, and Clemson are good so that when NC State beats them, Wake Forest beats them, like people maybe give more respect to Wake Forest and, and to NC State for beating them than it's like, oh, well, they beat a crappy Florida State. But I don't think that's fair because, that, you know, we see that all the time, NC State, Wake Forest, Louisville, Boston College. Syracuse don't get as much respect as they should. It's like, oh, well, you know, they only, you know, they, they struggled with the only good team on the schedule. But the problem is there's a lot of good teams in the ACC that just don't have the branding of a Florida State. So mm-hmm. for the sake of the conference, again, it's always good when Virginia Tech, Miami, Florida State are where the brand normally is. So anyways, any final thoughts on Florida State before we wrap this up? No, just uh, very excited to see what they can do. Uh, and I can't wait to see Mackenzie Milton. I think he's going to have a great bounce back in his college career after that injury. And I think Florida state is a good fit for him. And hopefully we see some shines of greatness with this team. So I'm, I'm low key kind of rooting for them, even though they're one of my least favorite teams when it comes to football in the ACC, I still would love to see them bounce back, get back to greatness. Cause like you said, it's more fun to beat the name brand good teams when they're actually good so absolutely yeah with that being said we appreciate everybody listening 
Obviously, it means just a little bit less here in the ACC. Um, one thing I wanted to point out, too, that just is insane to me, it's only been five years since Florida State beat Michigan in that Orange Bowl. Only been five years. I mean, it feels like it's been a long, like, it feels like Florida State's been in the cellar for, like, ten years. It's just so much has happened. National title in the last ten years. Yeah. That's what's crazy to me is, you know, the sky, again, and the thing, too, that also just blows my mind. I, look at, I love the Phil Steele magazine because it shows the last five years. Minus last year, well, 2018, they missed a bowl game. But they're still, you know, six and seven and seven, six most years. Again, that's not great. That's not Florida State standards. But I would argue that in the last, you know, 10 years, they've still been more relevant than Texas, even with the downfalls that they've had. They've had worse seasons than Texas has had at their, at their bottom. But I would argue I'd still take Florida State over Texas in the last 10 years. Just mm-hmm. think about what the way the, the conversations are around Florida State. But anyways, that'll wrap this one up. Our next preview will be the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, another team that, you know, I think will fit the mold of maybe better than the record shows. But we appreciate everybody listening. As always, it means just a little bit less. And go ACC.